This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Hello, and welcome back to FNI Rap Chat. In this episode, we have a very special guest. Um, director of Stitches, one of my favourite clown horror films, <laughs> and uh, director of his latest film, um, Let the Wrong One In, Connor McMahon, had a lovely conversation with him about the horror genre and his film. If you'd like to support us, head on over to buymecoffee.com forward slash FNI and become a member. And if you are not sick of my nasally voice, stick around <laughs> and enjoy uh, my little conversation with uh, Connor about his film. Welcome back to Rap Chat. I'm your host, Mark Monks, and today I'm joined by a very talented writer, director, and editor, Connor McMahon. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <you>. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, I suppose the first thing I'll say is uh, I loved your feature, Let the Wrong One In. I'm a huge horror fan. I love just kind of like really gory horror comedies. Like one of my favorites is Evil Dead 2. Oh, yeah. That's that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd love to ask, like, um, kind of like if you cash your mind back to like pre-production what was like your writing process like for let the wrong one in because it's a very wacky idea <laughs> yeah i like um the idea of a dublin vampire was in my head for a while and i think i i, I just hadn't found a story yet or i didn't know where to put him but i, I it just made me laugh you know the idea of and also because bram stoker's from dublin and yeah. there was some sense of like you know um duty to, to make a, an Irish vampire film and I, I was actually on a flight to New York and it was that night you know when you have to get up at five o'clock and at, and at midnight yeah. around about midnight <laughs> let's say um, I, I, I was like oh I know what to do with that character I was like if he's stuck in a house all day and it's like a daytime vampire movie I was like oh that's interesting and, and, and just almost follow real time what how he struggles with this yeah. and so I was like I can either go to sleep and get some hours in before the flight or I can stay up while I have this fresh idea. And so I just <laughs> through the night, I just like wrote that first version and and then on my flight and the trip. And so I kind of came back two weeks later and had the bones of the first draft. You know, I mean, there was a good bit of development after that, but it was it was pretty close to that first impulse you know yeah because like i love um one of my favorite parts of it is kind of like the characters in it like i love mary mary Sh- uh, sheelan i think she's hilarious oh cool. she's <laughs> a really cool highlight um and like i love them i kind of love the uh the dynamic between uh matt and deco in mm-hmm. it as well i, I love the kind of like just like their kind of conversations them trying to figure out like what they're gonna do because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was interesting because we after I wrote that script, now this is going back, we were working it out uh, last night. I'd met some of the actors and um, it must be like six or seven years ago since we first met. Like, because basically I, after I wrote that first draft, I decided to shoot a promo, like a short little five minute, just to kind of get a feel for it, to see if the comedy worked. Yeah. And so I cast Owen Duffy. 
like we found him pretty early on, you know, and I was the, the original draft of the script. It was two friends. Okay. Yeah. And whenever like I, I, we looked at a lot of people and, and it just something didn't work about it. I, I couldn't put my finger on it. And then someone by mistake had sent Carl, who was 15 at the time, hmm. a, a, along. And I, and I looked out and I was like, well, well, he's totally the wrong age. But, I, I you know, he made the effort to come down. I, I don't want to send him away. Let's just bring him in. Yeah. And then there was something just about that younger person going like, oh, you're a vampire. You know, it had this sort of innocence and this like a totally different energy than, yeah. than two older people. And so it was like in that moment, it was like, oh, my God, they should be brothers. And 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 and, and these are the guys because it was like they just had that from the start, mm. that kind of little bounce yeah. between them. And and so I, I basically rewrote then the script as, as two brothers uh, based on that promo, you know. Yeah, because like when I was watching it, like I, I got the sense that it played off each other really well and I really enjoyed that. And it was like, for a horror, it was quite kind of like, it was very lighthearted, I found. And it was very comedic as well. And like, I've seen even Treasure Creative have like stitches as well, and even Zombie Bashers as well. And like, you've dipped your toe in both horror and comedy and a blend together. And when you're kind of developing this uh, feature, was there much kind of like difference with this one because it was a vampire film? Or? Um, I think, like, I suppose the main difference for this was um, like, even though it's a really silly, like, kind of, you know, funny take on vampire films. The, I, I did have a kind of a... It's probably my most personal film. As you, <laughs> you know, people say that about their movies. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like, oh, I know why they say that. Because it was kind of... For me, it was about... Um, when you have that annoying person in your life, that it could be a friend or a family member, and you can't get rid of them. And... Um, like I, I, I had such a, such a person in my life and at some point you realize, oh, it's not really their fault. I'm the one answering the phone calls. I'm the one letting them in the door. I'm the one, you know, sort of enabling this whole dynamic. And I, 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 that's what the film was about for me. It was like when when Matt realizes it's his own fault and he's got to do something about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so. While it did have, like I would say, some of my early films, I might have been only interested in the head chopping and the blood spraying. Yeah. Whereas this, it was like, okay, let's, you know, let's uh, have a little more uh, fun with the characters or give the film a little more heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because like, it was a nice, uh, it's a nice blend of like, you've got you got your drama there with the, the, the brother's kind of relationship and stuff like that. And even with like Deco's relationship with his mom as mm -hmm. well. Uh, but then you have the real comedic elements that I love where... It's just like uh, how he became a vampire and then like in the bathroom and then he just like yeah, <laughs> squirts <laughs> everywhere and stuff like that. Um, and like I love, um, I kind of, I love that kind of style of like special effects. Like even in the film itself, there's a nice variety of like practical and uh, like, because you got your stop motion animation with the uh, the face bit uh, yeah, in yeah. the shed and stuff. Mm. And uh, I've always wondered like, um, was it your intention to like have that kind of style just throughout it or did you want to just like kind of just play around and see like oh this looks cool or that look um yeah it was interesting because as we figured out how to do different effects we one rule we tried to establish was to try and not repeat the same effect yeah um, and to try and find a way to do it like there's a moment for example when he falls outside and into the sunlight and initially it was like, OK, we could use computer graphics to, you know, maybe melt his face or whatever. But we're like, yeah, OK, like, but is there a more fun way to do it? We were always trying to, is there a more <laughs> practical or fun way? Yeah. And like, so in the end, we, we what we did for that shot is there's the double that we made up to look like a burnt deco. And so we had 
and then we had clean Deco, and so so burnt Deco. We pulled him out of the frame. You know, he <laughs> he fell down in the frame. We pulled yeah. him out, replaced him with the real Deco. You know, all in you know off camera, and then <laughs> real Deco pops up. You know, healed. Yeah, and and it, it was kind of more fun than you know whatever a CGI effect might be able to do. Like. So I, I think that was kind of the main rule is like, is there another way? If we've done it earlier in the film, maybe there's a, a, a funnier way to do it. And also it was that thing, you know, of using practical blood and, you know, there's just something funny about spraying blood in people's faces, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, um, even in Stitches, like, there's so many cool moments in it where, like, you got, like, the head explosion and, yeah, like, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Like, um and uh, I've always asked, I've always wondered um, after seeing Let the Wrong One In, like, how much blood did you use? Because there was so much just, like, spewing I, I, I mean, everywhere. they were my happiest days when <laughs> I saw the guys, um, you know, come down with their canisters of blood. And it was like, <laughs> I, I, and they were great to work with, you know, yeah. um, because they, they really wanted to give me the... The kind of blood spray and you know you can get into these really nerdy conversations about how the blood should spray yeah. and the consistency of the blood and what <laughs> it should look like and yeah. you know and you know we might do a test or two and if it if it, if it didn't work out the guys w- would go off and you know they'd make a new little adapter at the end of the, the hose uh, and you know get the blood spraying in just the right way and mm. you know so that was uh yeah that was a fun part of the process yeah because like the final kind of like uh bit in the film where like they're in like the big vampire kind of uh like nightclub kind of yeah. bit. it reminded me so much of um peter jackson's uh brain dead which you know the lawnmower uh, scene yeah, it yeah, reminded yeah, me yeah, so yeah. much of that because it was like it was so like over the top it was so much fun it was so like really funny um and it's just like i i, I love the kind of like mini references you had throughout the film even the title alone like let the wrong one yeah, in yeah, you know yeah. and um I've always wondered, like, when you were when you were like kind of developing the project as well. Did you have many influences, like you're saying with Bram Stoker, Dracula, and stuff like that? Or? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, like you say, like the, I mean, Brain Dead, Bad Taste, Evil Dead Two. They're kind of the touchstone sort of comedy horror, yeah. uh, you know, films. And I think even if it's not like totally intentional, like mm. I think those films are. I've watched them so many times. They're just like you know cemented in my brain somewhere or the different kind of shots <laughs> yeah. that, that you might find um there was, there was you know there was a Shaun of the dead would have been a bit of an influence yeah definitely um and you know yeah because what, what i what i love about all those horror movies like is you know they both have the gore but they have these really inventive camera work and camera mm. style that yeah. kind of is married together with the effect and um yeah so I, i'd say they probably are the main ones yeah yeah, because like they're 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 some of my favorite films though. Because I'm a huge Sam Raimi fan. I love his style of just like snap zoom, snap zoom, and just like yeah, getting yeah, all that yeah. kind of like uh, folded together. And like it's funny that you mentioned uh, Sean of Dead as well, because I kind of got that as well through the editing. It was very kind of like the way uh, Edgar, sorry, no, uh, yeah, yeah, Edgar Wright, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. Edgar Wright, where like um, he's very fast montage kind of editing, yeah, very yeah, quick yeah, cuts yeah, and stuff like that. And sometimes you're trying to make it not look like Edgar Wright, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. he's sort of owned the montage, and it's like, yeah. well, we can't do the same montage, you know? Like no one can ever do a, a brushing your teeth montage again, you know? Um, so. It's like you're trying to go, okay, I really like that part of it, but yeah, you don't want to be like too obvious about it either, you know? Yeah, I get you, yeah. I get you. Um, I, uh, I just, I loved, um, I loved Natalie's character where like, cause I was not expecting her to, uh, 
Like, because I thought she was going to be on uh, Matt's side when, when it was like, okay. oh, because of when he found a vampire. And then, like, when, uh, when they kind of, like, flipped the script on it, I was like, oh, I was so surprised. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of liked that. Like, throughout the film, there's so many unique characters with the writing and, like, how well he kind of developed them as well. Because, like, if it was, like, another horror comedy, they wouldn't have so much kind of, like, character study in it nearly. Sure, sure. And I just, I don't know, I love that kind of aspect to Let the Wrong One In. Yeah, it was, it was fun, actually, because we watched it um, last night with a Dublin audience, which I hadn't really seen it. It played at, um, at the Dublin Film Festival last year. And like most of the time I've seen the film has been with audiences in festivals like in Spain or, you know, a- around Europe. Yeah. And it was just really nice because especially with the Natalie character, because she's a lot of very Dublin expression or just her whole <laughs> yeah. attitude is very Dublin, you yeah. know, and it was really fun to see the audience pick up on it because they, they almost, I, I realized I had more jokes written in than I, than I thought I had, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's sometimes just the turn of phrase, you know, is, is, is what's there. <laughs> mm. I was wondering as well, like, since it, it being very much like, uh, like a comedic style, was there room for like improv for the actors and stuff like that? Or were they like more kind of like stick, sticking with the, the script itself? Um, a lot of the improv was done prior to the shooting. So basically, mm. because I had done the promo um, so early on, you know, because so that was like, what am I saying? Five years ago, six years ago. And so we had this really long development process where I, I knew I'd cast those guys, you know. So yeah. as I was writing the script, um, you know, sometimes we just meet up you know every so often and you know i was getting worried because uh carl the, the younger guy you know he was hitting the weights you know and he was buffing <laughs> up and i was like you know no no he needs to be like kind of weedy like you know and a, a you know um so uh, uh, that was that was fun but yeah we'd, we'd sort of meet and do some improvs and then the stuff that worked i'd kind of work it into the script yeah and then and also because we were about to shoot and we were shut down because of covid yeah, yeah like the day before we were about to start that's wild. yeah Jeez. so so like and we'd everything organized so we had yeah, the location yeah. the the you know and um so we had this extra six months as well where we we knew what the location looked like you know mm. we knew most of the cast and so i was able to do a lot more imp- improv and just with the guys yeah and then and then do rewrites during that period so but it's like film is is like you're like we had so much to shoot and because of covid regulations and because of like say the action scenes it was like we were quite tight for time so Hmm. we had a lot of it kind of pre-rehearsed so yes there was improvisation but mostly in the rehearsal stage okay cool i I was wondering because like it felt very like uh when i was watching the film like it it very it flowed quite well i thought like throughout it and um I've always wondered where, like, because, like, every time I watch, like, a comedy, especially horror comedies, like, Tucker and Dale versus Evil or something oh, yeah, like that, yeah, I always try yeah. to look at there as, like, an improv spot or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, like there definitely was improv bits and pieces, but, yeah. um, but like, we didn't... Ha- and, like, sometimes when they do the scene right, we'd, um, you know, go, okay, do another take for an improv. And there's a, there's a scene at the very end over phones that was completely improv. You know, there <laughs> yeah. was no script for that at all. Um, so, yeah. Um, I know you're a big fan of the uh, exploding things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. And uh, I, I loved, I won't say which, I won't spoil, but there's a particular scene in it uh, that I absolutely loved. It reminded me so much of Scanners, where uh-huh. it's just, <laughs> it just explodes and everything. Um, and I was always wondering, like, how, how, what was that like filming? Because, like, I'd say it was just absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, well, it is like one of those moments where you have to take cover, you know, and, and everybody's, like, overprotective of the cameras and, you know, there's plastic 
plastic sheets coming out. But but then you never know if it's going to be a dud or if it's going to yeah. blow, you know. Um, so we, we actually ended up doing that twice, you know, because oh, really? we blew it the first time. And like it was good. Yeah. But it's like you, you kind of know when it can just be a bit better, you know. And yeah. It, yeah. And it's like a real case of, um, y- you know, sometimes you're when you're blowing something up like that, it's 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 um, every every time someone's blown something up, it's a bit different. So, yeah. you know, it's a bit of a mm, how's this exactly going to work out? So you don't really know. And so like the first time was good. But it's like, but even the guys themselves, it's like, we can do better. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, so like more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then there's more angles to cut to. So we ended yeah. up using both angles, but yeah. there was just more blood spray in the, in, the se- in the second one, you know. And that was the same with when he, there's a scene early on where he vomits the blood on, on, on yeah, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the first time it was good, mm. but you know, you kind of know when the crew start clapping, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, it didn't <laughs> go full, like, you yeah, know, yeah. full Matt. And then so, you know, cause it's, it's a big job to kind of clean, clean everything oh, yeah, and yeah. new costume. And so you, you don't have that many takes, you know, yeah. um, it's horrible for the art department. Like, Jesus. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, but it's worth it then when you see it, you know? Yeah, you know, honestly, I lo- yeah, like for me, the more practical effects there is, the better I find. Because totally, like, because yeah. like there's, there's so many horror films where I've seen where it's like, they, they look stylistically really cool and aesthetically really cool, but like they kind of over rely on digital effects. Yeah, and I yeah. much, I much prefer uh, practical because like, it just, I don't know, it makes me feel more immersed in the film itself. Yeah, yeah. And there's something that just happens. It's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's not that something goes wrong, but there's sort of an unexpected. The thing splashes in a weird way yeah, that yeah. you wouldn't just do, um, you know, with, a, with an effect like, um, and a lot of those blood effects, you you kind of almost get used to them now. You see them a lot, and like I can you can I can almost spot them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if I see them, so yeah, no, it's always it's always better to do it uh, for real. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing, cause like sometimes you can, like you were saying, that you could have like a happy accident where it's like, oh well, like we weren't expecting this, but like, yeah. it looks really cool. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, totally, I, I totally. keep it in the edit, like. Yeah. Um, and I was always wondering, um, kind of like uh, when I was talking about a bit back about the writing itself, when I was saying like um, your career, you have like a lot of like uh, horror comedies and stuff like that. When you were directing, uh, mm-hmm. let the wrong one in, did you find it difficult to strike a balance with uh, comedy? horror and even drama because you're kind of you were juggling a lot of kind of genre kind of stuff with the film itself yeah i i think some of that you just have to rely on your own instincts i suppose or what you find fun you know like Mm. what makes me laugh like um or like that's kind of what i'm going on like we did like there was a lot of script work i guess on you know the structure of it and the drama of it um and so there was always this fine line where if you lean too far into, you know, the serious side of it, it you know, the film kind of might get too serious and yeah. you might, it mightn't be funny anymore. Yeah, so. the tone kind of goes off a bit. Nearly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you kind of want to touch on those moments, but you kind of, you can't go too far either, you know. So mm. it was a little bit of a balancing act and, you know, you have a little bit of room in the edit to kind of tweak that or if it's going too far one way or another, you can kind of pull it back a little bit. Yeah. Um. But I think mostly it was like, just what what do we think would be fun or what would be funny or silly? You know, I think that was the, <laughs> yeah. the really the guiding light in all of it, you know? Yeah. Mm. Uh, the locations. Mm. Um, I've always wondered, like, you, 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 the, the the start when it's like the cold open was uh, when it's set in Transylvania. Was that Griffith College by any chance? I'll that was Dublin <laughs> Castle. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because oh, when, when I first looked at it, I was like, is that Griffith College? 
Just the most <laughs> so similar. It's like, oh, because um, I know we flew the crew to Transylvania, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spare no expense. Yeah, yeah, we are yeah. going to go. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't look like Transylvania. So we came back and shot in Dublin Castle. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because no, like, I love that cold open, even with the uh, the Franz Ferdinand song, like, Take Me Out. And like, mm-hmm. it's just like, it, it was a really good tone setter for what you're like kind of going into for the film. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's kind of there's a few elements in that first shot because it's got a little bit of nod to the old hammer horror, like you know, the way the title comes up in the castle. Yeah. And then it's you 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 know immediately what you're watching, you know what I mean? Mm. When it switches from, you know, you think it might be, you know, creepy Transylvania and then a hen party run in and it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay. So I think that was when I came up with that in the script, it was like, Okay, that's good. Like the first shot sorta of tells you exactly what movie you're watching, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, like the house we filmed in, it's funny because um, part of the reason I got that was from uh, Film Network Ireland networking party, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah, like I, like this, like I was at one then, this is about three years ago, right? Yeah. And there was, I was talking to a guy there randomly, I, I can't remember his name now, but, um, and then it was like only a couple of days later and me and the cameraman, I don't know why, we just decided let's go around Dublin and just see, if, let's just look at houses, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and we just saw this row of houses and we, and we said, we'll just stop and just have a look around. And we got out of the car and this guy that I literally met like three days earlier walked past and walked up into one of the houses. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I just <laughs> met you at the, you know, Film Network Ireland thing. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, like um, I've got family that live in here. And then they knew all the other people on the street and it started that whole thing. So it was it was just this synchronicity that, yeah. that sort of happened, you know. That's wild. God, yeah. you never expect that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always find that there's something about films like when you when when you kind of commit to doing it, all kinds of crazy coincidences. Like I, I did a film before from the dark and I remember I needed a bog and mm-hmm. an old abandoned house. And, you know, I called over to a friend's house and I was talking about it and he said, oh, I own a bog and there's an <laughs> abandoned house on it. And it's just like, what? Like, it's like, it's like the universe starts putting the pieces together for you, yeah, you like know? Yeah, like puzzling it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just, you know, the film gods are, you know. Yeah, that's the thing is like, I always treat film as like problem solving. Yeah. Like when you're like, especially during pre-production phase when like, you're like, okay, I need this location. I need this, this, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And um yeah, I completely agree. I think it's kind of it's it's sometimes when you're working on stuff, it's a weird kind of coincidence where it's like this has worked out way too convenient. I'm I'm yeah. waiting for the catch. I'm waiting for something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's when something goes wrong and you just have to wait because it's like sometimes a better solution is just around the corner, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So it's like hold, hold, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, Henry, I quite liked Henry because um, very much like a Van Helsing kind of character. And uh, I loved um, kind of like his kind of like little character arc throughout the film. Um, I was wondering, like, did you base him off kind of like a Van Helsing kind of character or was it like completely something else entirely? No, it was definitely the the Van Helsing was the inspiration, you know, even like, you know, down to his old leather bag. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, because because I remember watching one of the I think it was the first Hammer Horror Dracula's and the... Jonathan Harker arrives at Dracula's castle, you know, mm. but then he 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 pulled out a, a stake and he went to, you know, stab Dracula or whatever. And I was like, oh, that was a really cool twist. It was like they 
they were kind of using what you knew already and kind of spinning it a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was like, originally, it was like, you know, the doctor arrives and you think he's there to help him. And But the thing is, the minute we, we cast Anthony Head, it was like, well, the cat's out of the bag. I mean, like, it's like no one's going to believe <laughs> that he's not here to stake vampires. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way here he's here to just, you know take his temperature yeah like from the get-go and like he opens the door and like he's like oh i'm the doctor and he's like well, okay it's <laughs> yeah, like you yeah. know exactly what's gonna happen yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah i love the kind of like it's almost kind of like slapstick kind of comedy with it like very like very much in the style of evil dead where like especially even the scene where um uh matt is led to believe that deco was actually getting like analyzed the, like for his condition and then you find out that it's like a completely different yeah 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 but uh, I was gonna ask, like, uh, for in terms of like funding for this feature, uh, was a uh, was a partly self funded or was there like a lot of third parties popping in to kind of help? Because it is okay. a very kind of like sorry, it was a very kind of niche kind of like film. It's very hard to kind of market nearly. Yeah, like I mean, thankfully, very early on, Screen Ireland came on board. Um, yeah. they were the first funders came come on board, and they just really liked the script and the idea. And yeah. I guess it had an Irish angle, you know. Mm. Um, and you know the kind of relationship between the brothers all that kind of thing yeah um, and then also the BAI RTE yeah um, and then MPI who I first worked with on Stitches they, they were the American kind of sales company yeah and so I've worked they've kind of been involved in all my films since nice, then yeah. you know so it actually weirdly kind of came together um quite easy easily i would say you know um which doesn't often happen you know yeah, it, was, yeah. it was it was a really nice process um and working with screen ireland was great dervla regan was you know uh gave really good notes and and mm. she kind of she really pushed me as well to to kind of give the film more heart and to give that kind yeah. of uh deepen the characters and so it was it was a really nice process i have to say that's good like i because like i know like uh from like me writing my own kind of stuff like i tend to like kind of suffer from writer's block quite a lot and when i'm trying to develop an idea even something as wacky as this nearly it's mm. very i i kind of I, I find i nearly overindulge nearly so like right. i i quite kind of liked when i saw the um when i saw the, the whole film that it was a nice kind of balance it struck it struck a nice chord and yeah yeah i feel like uh like a younger audience kind of like like probably my age i don't want to be too <laughs> but like around my age maybe a little younger as well could definitely kind of connect with it because it's very um it's very dublin very yes. very dublin yeah yeah um, yeah and it's i don't know i when i first watched it i definitely um it def it just i don't know i just connected with it in some way that i didn't think i would um, oh, cool. No, that's good to hear because it was definitely a, a decision we had to make which wasn't a commercial decision mm. you know but it was like i knew I had to make it as authentically Dublin as mm. I could. Yeah. And if even if that meant people outside Ireland wouldn't get the jokes, you know, I yeah. mean, I saw a, a post today where someone said, I had to watch this film three times to realize they were speaking English. <laughs> it's like, it like, I'm fine with that. You know, it's like, you know, that's what we were getting into, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. I agree. Um, I think it's uh I think it's great that like it's um it's very kind of like I was saying very quite Dublin and like the slang of it is um yeah it's just like it's there you know especially Deco's character like he's just yeah, filled yeah. with one-liners <laughs> yeah. and I just absolutely love it. So VFX in the film um I quite enjoyed a lot of them I thought they were kind of cool uh they were a nice kind of blend uh with the practical effects um 
and I suppose my question was like, what was it like kind of filming some of the uh, the effects uh, juxtaposed with the practical stuff? Yeah, so I think in terms of the visual effects, there's always just a bit more planning because there's a few more layers. You know, obviously when you do the thing on set, you know if it works. Yeah. So um, we did the two things that really helped, I think, on this. That I did a good bit of pre-visiting stuff. Mm. Um, so I found, I think it's called Shot Pro. Like I found this computer program that yeah. I could like, you know, use little animated characters. And, you know, so I could get a sense of, of the shots and what was needed. And then sometimes I'd even go and shoot some of the elements myself and do a little bit of like, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I can do a little bit of After Effects work. So yeah. I'd kind of do a rough version. Oh, okay, good. And, and that was even good for the editor because he could even guess the timing and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and so for some of the things, I, I just do a rough version myself. But uh, yeah, like, I mean, some of the stuff was easier than others. Um, some of the trickier stuff is like, you know, wire removal mm. was, was going to be tricky. Like, because we had the... the vampire flying after the oh, car yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know we were really worried that because there were overhead lights and sometimes you're kind of going god is that going to cast sh reflections and we're going to have to rub out every little thing <laughs> mask and, everything yeah like, yeah you know. so you're like oh god um and then just even that castle at the start that was put in you know mm. there was layers of mist and fog and you know there was yeah so um a mixture but like the, the hardest thing weirdly was scheduling because it's <laughs> basically because like say there's there's a bit where it's the car driving scene and yeah. Natalie's head gets knocked off. Now that has elements. So if, if somebody reads that, it's just like car drives, head gets knocked off. And normally you just say, shoot that on day five. Whereas <laughs> this is like, okay, shoot the car drive on day five, shoot the head knocking off on a green screen on day seven, shoot the blood spray effect on day five. Like everything had to be sort of pulled apart. Yeah. And it's like, and, and usually only I knew how it was going to be done. So I'd have to sort of sit down and go, okay, no, that's four or five elements and they all have to be done on different days and in different locations and then put them together. So that was kind of a bit of a head melt. Yeah, you know? God, that sounds like a logistical nightmare. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just, you just really have to go through it to find two comb because it's easy yeah. to think you've got it. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, okay, no, we need all the bits. Yeah, because like, God, but like, if I, if, if I was in that seat, like I, like my melon would just burst. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. just like, I would not be able for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really like I don't know. I, I find that kind of fascinating. Though, the way you're talking about like how like you basically deconstructing your scene, where it's like okay, well this is shot on this day and that is like on that. Yeah. Um, and was that was it was was that like throughout the film itself, or is it literally just for like near the end when you have a lot of like cool kind of like wacky stuff? Oh, uh, um. Well, this was done. This would have had to be done maybe in the two weeks running up to the shoot. Yeah. Where the schedule is being done, you know, where everything is. Like, because you kind of got to know how much you can shoot in a particular day. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So all that's been sort of planned at the start. So, yeah, I would have sat down with the AD, I guess. And mm. we would have worked through, um, yeah, how all those things were arranged, you know? Yeah. With this being a horror comedy, because I've said that a good 40 times in the episode. Mm. But <laughs> with this being a uh, horror comedy and uh, with the kind of new age of like A24 kind of char more character based kind of... Um, like horror like with hereditary midsummer midsummer is a great breakup movie by the way if you want a couple, <laughs> if you want a couple to break up just get them to watch midsummer <laughs> but um i suppose what i'm trying to say is um were you, uh, when you were making let the wrong one in were you trying to stray away from that were you kind of getting sick of that or was it more so just like your love for the kind of 80s kind of like slasher comedy kind of gut score 
Yeah, I don't think like, you know, it's like your parents, you know, you can't choose the movies you make, you know, <laughs> they choose you, right? Yeah. Um, but as well, it's like, I, again, when I when you talk about how long the process is of making the film, like, it's like, again, it's so long that um, it's not like you're responding to how you feel in the moment. It's like, this is how I felt six years ago, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you hope you like the idea enough that it's going to carry you through. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it would never be for that reason unless it's sort of a subconscious thing or, you know, it's like, oh, I haven't seen one of those movies in a while. I just really like to see that kind of movie. Yeah. Um, and and part of me, part of me is like it, it depends what you've also just made. Like mm. I had done a kind of a more straight horror yeah. and I just wanted to go back and do a more, you know, silly sort of comedy horror and 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 now my impulse is to do a more straight horror you know yeah, yeah. so it's 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 less about i can't what other people are doing and it's more okay i've just done sort of a lot of comedy and stuff and now i want to try my hand that maybe and that's what i love about the horror genre is there's so many sub-genres within it yeah, and there's so yeah. many so many things to explore that it's like it's more a case of i guess pushing myself or what haven't i done or is there another little area i can I can do, um, yeah, you know, yeah. No, I completely agree. Like, I remember, like, I fell down a rabbit hole of um, this very niche kind of rabbit <laughs> horror, but an animatronic horror. Okay. So I, I watched this movie called the Banana Splits movie, and I, I also watched uh, Willy's Wonderland, the Nicolas Cage <laughs> one. Okay. Um, and I just got fascinated with that, and I just kept on looking at like different stuff. And um, with the Banana Splits one, it's very much just like the the kills in it are so creative. Like one of my favorite ones is like. Um, the banana splits character the, the big dog he's like basically like a chucky e. cheese kind of like character where he just okay. moves around and sings but he has a lollipop and he just shoves a lollipop in your <laughs> throat and like you see the lollipop like balloon yeah, like that yeah, yeah. it's like oh and i love those kind of creative kills like even like like bringing it back to kind of uh like stitches and uh let the wrong one in like you have so many creative kills in both of them you yeah know? yeah um i've spent a lot of time deciding how different people should die <laughs> you know yeah Just looking around the room uh, what's who I, you know what have we got <laughs> <laughs> they've got a mic microphone here, got, like, you know? xlr cables yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not long before you, you know you can start putting it together yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so my final question would be um so what uh distribution wise how is the film looking um how many kind of like theaters is it going to come out in or is it even getting a streaming release or is it sorry that came out very poorly but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is it even <laughs> uh, uh so um yeah so basically i mean the film is opening this week january uh 20th oh, cool. and it's opening in 50 screens around ireland so it's a like it's been a great like wide release um yeah. You know, I wasn't sure like how how wide it would go, so mm. so that's great. Like um and uh, and then in terms of after that, um I'm not sure um in terms of streaming. I think I do believe it is coming to Shudder. Ooh, I believe. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I certainly heard that through the grapevine. <laughs> I'm the last to know about these things. So, you know, don't quote me on that. But I believe somebody told me. Yeah. <laughs> um, that it might be. <laughs> but um, no, I think it is, and um. But yeah, but but certainly um, Ireland's the, the focus at the moment and that's and, you know, it's it's mm. where it's set. And it's so that's it's almost like I'm that's where I'm really curious about, yeah. uh, you know, how it responds or, or how people um, uh, view it, you know. Well, that's the thing. Like there's so many like um, 
sorry, I know I said I was actually going off a tangent now, but yeah. <laughs> but like Ireland has so many cool like locations, like even with like uh, the Hellfire Club nearly up mm, yeah, right there yeah. and that kind of stuff. Like I, I think there's so much potential in um kind of Irish filmmaking that it's kind of a shame that it's only kind of come up to now where we're just like getting big into the mainstream back again. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you mean why we haven't made more horror films in Ireland? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, so. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting because you know it's not for a lack of trying you know <laughs> uh but yeah it's 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 um i mean there's always that yeah why that is i'm not sure but definitely there's more people making horror now than than yeah. ever before I, I, you know i love that because like yeah. i feel like our, even irish mythology like celtic mythology we have an absolute treasure trove yeah of, yeah like movie monsters that we could use and like make such creative kind of like works and stuff and i I'm praying to find the one, you know. I yeah, just, I really yeah, like, oh. yeah. Because you, you, I mean, I've always seen that how other countries, um, I don't know, ex- exploit is the right word, but the, you know, they, they, they really delve into their folklore and their yeah, kind of tap know. into that market in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's like part of their, you know, like like there's so many Chinese Chinese movies that yeah. that are made about you know their stories and their mm. their um and. You know that's great to see, and I always wondered why we we didn't do more of that. Um, but I I definitely think that's that's changing. You know. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's been a lovely chat with you. It's been fantastic. Yeah, you too. Um, it's always good to chat with a good horror fan. Good, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Chat all day about horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fad Camp is a comedy podcast about the ridiculousness of fad diets and diet culture, hosted by me, Grace Mulvey, and me, Connor Dowling. If you have a body of any kind, chances are you've crossed paths with at least one of the bizarre diet trends we cover in our show. And between me and Connor, we have done nearly every fad diet there is. Juice cleansing. Fasting. The potato diet. Which is actually a real diet, by the way, and we don't recommend it. So join us as we try to make sense of the madness that is diet culture. Find Fad Camp everywhere you get your podcasts and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fad Camp Podcast.